1: of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god and we are not its favored children the heresies of radolf bandwine coming january 2nd wherever podcasts are available hey everyone welcome to let's get civical
2: this is the podcast that breaks down politics government structure and dives into the context of current events but in a super fun way I'm Lizzie Stewart,
1: comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about presidential 100 days. So grab your promises
2: and let's get civical. Hello everybody!
1: Oh my god, hi! Welcome back! Oh my god! Oh my god! Welcome back! Welcome back! To Let's Get Civical, I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. Still. Still.
2: (laughs) Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. No name changes. It's actually, it's good that we're addressing this. We haven't changed anything about our Mm -hmm. names or our branding. We're still the
1: same gals that we were when we started this two years ago. Oh my God, honey. It's my longest relationship. Oh my God. Literally. Same. Same. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we parent so well together. We do parent well together. We are common law,
2: married. W- what is that rule? It has to be 10 years before you common law? I think it's 10
1: years. Listen, okay. So we're going to do this for at least another eight years. And then when I die, you can have all of my political books. Perfect.
2: As long <laughs> as I'm in the will. That's yeah. my thing. I don't need... Like, fancy stuff. I just want to be in a will.
1: In the will. Oh, honey, I will put in you in anyway. my will. You fear you fear not. You will get something in the event of my death. I don't have a will. My will is written on a napkin and crayon.
2: <laughs> okay, the fact that you say crayon is still not something I can get behind. So, I don't know if this what will do get you... me written out of what do you... crayon. Crayon? That is so much work. Crayon? Crayon. It's not C-R-A-N, you lazy. It's Cray on. Cray onwards and upwards, darling. Crayon. Like, what are
1: you talking about? Crayon. <laughs> oh my god. Cray. Oh, I'm traumatized. It's like Oregon all over again. And I said it wrong. Although,
2: although this one. Like, this is a real fight that people have. It's the yes. pronunciation of Crayon Crayon. Oregon,
1: there's no debate. <laughs> Oregon is just a thing I consistently get wrong because... Correct. I am me and I am who I am. You are
2: who you are and <laughs> this podcast is what this podcast is. This is Correct. But anywho, we're not talking about Wills, Crayons, or Oregon. Today, <laughs> we're talking about I don't like like a, a thing. I don't know how to like describe it's, what it is,
1: but it's like this. It's just a con it's a concept. It's a concept. So, like a marker right. of time.
2: It is a marker of time. I mean, it's a literal marker of time. It's a literal
1: marker of time. But more importantly, it's like a concept, I think. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We're talking about the presidential 100 days. It's something yep. that we're hearing a lot about because Biden is coming up on his 100 days. And it's this kind of much more recent than I thought about concept that yep. we've been using to, like, the big thing is like, what I'm going to do in my first 100 days in office, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, this, that, and this. Yep. It's become very much a thing, especially in modern politics. And since we're approaching Biden's 100 Days, we thought let's take a look at the global concept of it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, before we jump in, let's
1: go over our Ronan sources. And we both have Ronan sources. Today. We do.
2: Do you want to do yours first?
1: Sure. Mine are from Vox, US News, NPR. 538 and the 538 one is interesting. I'll read it when I get there, but it's like a conver- it's like a transcript of a conversation on one of their podcasts. So there's a bunch of names love. attached to it. And the American Presidency Project from UC Santa Barbara. I love it.
2: And then my sources
1: are, of course,
2: Herstory.com, Forbes, the Truman Library. Mm. You'll never guess what I pulled from there. And PBS. Because she's Adorable. my girl. She's your girl. Andra She's my but... girl. So, before we get into specific presidencies and their hundred days, yeah. just wanted to give a brief overview of like where, like why we even came up with this. <laughs> like, where this idea of, you know what, let's start thinking about their hundred days. So, where this comes from. So, these notes are coming from history.com. Oh, and another source that I forgot to put in my original list, mountvernon.org. So, the George Washington Like the Mount house. Vernon. Like a, the Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. The one and the only. So this is from history.com. Quote, the 100 days concept is believed to have its roots in, you guessed it, France. Oh. Where the concept of Saint, oh, dear. Jus? Jours? Jour. J-O? Jour? Like, oh, like du jour.
1: Yes, because
2: it's day. Saint jour. It's, sans, I mean, you speak French. Jour. Yeah. 100?
1: Yeah. Jour.
2: Jour. Yeah. 100 days. Refers to the period of 1815 between Napoleon Bonaparte's return to Paris <laughs> from exile on the island. Did I what? Did I say it wrong?
1: I love that you said Bonaparte. <laughs>
2: I always, I always see it and think Bonaparte. Bonaparte. I know it's Bonaparte
1: but it's but I bon like the way it's, it's, that
2: sounds more italian though
1: it does sound more italian but i kind of like it and i kind of think he would hate it and that makes me laugh even more sure this is a big fu to napoleon Oh, absolutely big middle finger
2: so the hundred days it referred to the time between bonaparte's return to paris from exile on the island of elba and his final defeat at the battle of waterloo after which king louis the f- 13th 18 no, the 18th. Sorry, I can't read Roman numerals. It's <laughs> King hard. Henry the 18th regained the French throne, so that's kind of where this idea of like why a hundred days we can tie it back all the way to France. Another little historical tidbit. So George Washington's first hundred days in history. So by the end of this period, this is <laughs> this is so funny to read his hundred days in comparison to everybody else's. Oh my God, he was like
1: setting up government check. <laughs>
2: Exactly. So the new government had passed the Bill of Rights. It established the principle of national taxation, oh. designed the nation's court system, and created the first executive department. I mean,
1: how do you top that? You don't is the answer. <laughs> like everything after yeah. that is just trying to fix those original, like the problems that arose unforeseen from those original actions.
2: From his, uh, from his hundred days. We're always yeah.
1: trying to fix Washington's government.
2: Yeah, uh, Mount Vernon continues with this list of accomplishments is remarkable, but it does not even include the greatest achievement of Washington's first hundred days, which was he established the very office of the president. Okay, go off. I go off. I mean, literally flex. flex. Literally flex. Mm-hmm. It gave legitimacy to the new federal government under the Constitution. So J'adore, as Lizzie would say. J'adore, J'adore Dior. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Obviously, we weren't looking at Washington's 100 days. At the time, in the same way that, like, we look at the 100 days now, like, this just happened to happen in his first 100 days. I
1: also, like, if, if you hold if you held him to that marker at the time and were like, Washington, what are you going to do in your first 100 days? he would be like, fuck you. I'm not running. Like, I was, I came I into this be begrudgingly. Here. So, like, if you don't like my actions in the first 100 days, get some other dude. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Find somebody else to love. Please. So many
2: years pass. We're we're skipping ahead to the 20th century when what we know as the concept of the presidential 100 days started, like the the reason why we started measuring presidencies off of the 100 days, and you guessed it, it was because of FDR. Oh, great. I mean, makes sense. So this is coming from history.com. In the United States, no one talked that much about the importance of a president's first 100 days until Franklin D. Roosevelt took office in 1933. He took swift action to calm the nation's crippling financial panic, using things like the Emergency Banking Act and fireside chats, we'll talk about those in the next section, and began rolling out programs that made up his new deal, including 15 major pieces of legislation in the first 100 days. FDR's extraordinary productivity translated into enormous popularity, and he set a first hundred-day standard against which all future U.S. presidents would, perhaps unfairly, Hmm. be measured.
1: I feel like that is unfair.
2: (laughs) I mean, but here's the thing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because FDR inherited the Great Depression. Like, he came in, dust everywhere. The crash had happened. And so, yeah, I, as I've said many times, I'm like, if I was FDR, you just have to do, sh- like, he just was throwing everything. Yeah. He was like,
1: spaghetti against throwing the wall. everything
2: at the wall, yeah. yes. And hoping something stuck, and what stuck was the New Deal. And it was like, okay, great, let's get us, let's get us going, let's get us back, let's get the jobs. And since then, it's just been this thing that we do where we're like, okay, well, 100 days what are what's your FDR moment going to be
1: yeah. you know what how are, are you going to save this things? nation
2: yes how are you literally going to save this nation is the question for every president's first 100 days
1: and they all <laughs> because promise things, things have been now cuz we haven't been saved yeah. We haven't, I feel like, you know, it's, I mean, like a Jesus savior moment. If there ever was one in the presidential 100 days, we're always looking for somebody to save us. Yes. And I feel like exactly that's right. like, you can only save yourself and. You can only save you yourself. You can only save yourself. We will always Please be put on your, your oxygen mask. Before, before you put you in put anyone on... else's. Including that exactly of right. children. Which always freaked me out. But whatever. Always felt weird. Always felt weird. And I would never save do the that. Save children. I'd be like, <laughs> Here, child. Here is your breathing oxygen. I will now do mine.
2: It's like stop gasping. Mommy's putting on her oxygen mask. Like what do you? <laughs> just hold
1: the phone, Jesus Christ! Can you just wait? Literally Be patient. She's just stop. Drama queen. I know you can't yeah. breathe, but God. Okay, so like Lizzie said, there was this huge break. So we're gonna talk about FDR's first 100 days. I'm gonna guess they're like quite busy.
2: They're busy. You'll
1: notice that
2: um, his section is so much longer than the rest of the ones that I covered. <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> because I was like, all right, if we're gonna if we're gonna start this concept at FDR, let's let's talk about Franklin Delano, Delano Roosevelt and what yeah. he did.
1: Yeah. So this is coming from Forbes and Digital History. On his inauguration day, he said, "Quote: The only thing we have to fear is fear itself." And honestly, on a personal note. I love that phrase. Like, I have, like, I think I heard sure. that phrase as, like, a young child. Like, I don't even know where. I couldn't tell you, like, in a book, probably, maybe. But, like, I, re- like, I, that is a phrase that I repeat quite frequently in my own brain. It's your mantra. It's my mantra. I really do love that phrase.
2: I love it. I think I would edit it ever so slightly to say the only thing we have to fear is fear itself and giant squids. Because we yes. don't know what they're up
1: to. No. You never see them coming. You never see them coming. Mm-mm. In fact,
2: they're sh- the fact that we've never like seen one that's living, they just exist in the depths of the ocean that we can't reach. Absolutely or colossal not. squids, whichever one is bigger. I forget. If- I think the colossal squid is the biggest. They're just, they're so big. Yeah. And we haven't seen it. Mm. We don't know what they're capable of. That's sketchy. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm, only mm-hmm. thing we have to fear is fear itself and colossal squids. Agreed. Well, we're gonna stick it on. A that, that would be my inauguration.
1: You would have a great inauguration. Your inauguration. Would oh my be god! Bomb. That'd be the best party. It would be
2: literally. It would be like a tailgate. Uh huh. It would be like a rodeo. It would be like a ball. Sean like Astin, Astin would come. Sean Astin would. Be the person who swears me into office obviously Absolutely,
1: obviously i
2: wouldn't have anybody else do it um phil collins would play phil collins would obviously play i would cry they would have to sedate me at some point mm-hmm. which is the best
1: part the best part because they'd be like the president is incapacitated the president, president- and then I,
2: my vice president would have to take over
1: <laughs> and they would have to take over for the, the day, day. <laughs> yeah yeah i can see it now I am who I am. So then in Roosevelt's first 100 days in office, like Lizzie said, he pushed 15 major bills through Congress. The bills would reshape every aspect of the economy from banking and industry to agriculture and social welfare. The president promised decisive action. He called Congress into special session and demanded, quote, broad executive power to wage a war against the emergency as great as the power that would be given me if we were in fact invaded by a foreign foe, close quote. She's like, yes, we might as well be at war because we are we're dying of starvation and things are collapsing yes. and this is an emergency. So is somebody at our shores? No. No. But they might as well be. It's I mean, it's a they metaphorical well war.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. not a literal war in the in the traditional context, but no. broaden your minds people. Yeah. We are a nation at war.
1: We are a nation at war. It is not a Cold War, because the Cold War was still, like, with other countries. This is yeah. This is an emergency. I feel like he needed, like, a FEMA. Like, he would have enjoyed a well-run FEMA.
2: Oh, my God. I think he would have loved it. In fact, I'm. I'm I feel like we have FEMA because of sort of the things that he initially did in response to the Great Depression. Agreed.
1: So less than two days after his inauguration, FDR issued a proclamation 2039, which halted all banking activity for a week. This so-called bank holiday was imposed to stop a series of bank runs that were destroying people's livelihoods and deepening the economic crisis. I just love that he he was like, why don't we just stop Mm -hmm. for a second?
2: Let's just stop this thing that's actively destroying us from the inside out. Yeah. Like nobody else thought to put a pause on the banks.
1: No, he was like, no, because people only dealt in cash. And people were like, give me all of my money. And then the banks couldn't loan money because they didn't have money to loan because it was all done in cash. And he was like, no, stop. Nope. No more banks. Stop. No more banking. Mm -mm. Let's just Mm -mm. hold on. Let's just let's just, just wait let's a week. Wait. One week. A week. You can wait. And then in just four days, his aides drafted the Emergency Banking Relief Act, which permitted solvent banks to reopen under government sur- supervision and allowed the RFC to buy the stock of troubled banks and to keep them open until they could be reorganized. Four days. Four days. We couldn't. Like I, I don't know. I haven't done anything in four days. No, we. I, I showered maybe.
2: It's taken me five days to clean my apartment. Much less reorganize. A banking system? Like, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the law also gave the president broad powers over the Federal Reserve System. The law radically reshaped the nation's banking system, and Congress passed the law in just eight hours. I mean, come slap on. to the face. Slap to the face. Slap to the
2: face.
1: Roosevelt appealed directly to the people to generate support for his program on March 12th he conducted the first of many radio fireside chats which i absolutely love and i feel like we should bring those back like we, we have should podcasting this now it was the original podcast it the original it's podcast. the original podcast i would love yeah. if biden was like here's what's up people like in a yeah. podcast i don't need you like in the rose garden or at the resolute desk or whatever. No, it's just, just a casual just a casual 15 minute show hey, hey. yeah Hey, this is me. Hey, this is
2: me. Just having my evening tea. What are you doing? Isn't this So here's crazy? the thing about banks. Here's <laughs> the thing about banks.
1: <laughs> so using the radio in the way later presidents exploited television, he explained what he had done in plain, simple terms and told the public to have, quote, confidence and courage. When the banks reopened the following day, people demonstrated their faith by making more deposits than withdrawals, which, like, would not happen now. People would be like, wow, I can get all Mm-mm. my money again. Give me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deposit shit. No. Bye. Who? I, I don't have money to deposit. I mean, not granted. Like, the structure of our money is vastly different. Like, I yeah. couldn't rub $2 bills between me, but that's not because I don't have money. I just don't care <laughs> Oh yeah, I never carry cash. cash. I'm so bad with carrying cash. cash. Mm -hmm. One of Roosevelt's key advisors did not exaggerate when he later boasted, "Quote: Capitalism was saved in eight days." Oh, I know. Sweet boast, honey. I know you go off. The president quickly pushed ahead on on other fronts. The Federal Emergency Relief Act pumped five hundred million into state-run welfare programs. The Homeowners Loan Act provided the first federal mortgage financing and loan guarantees. By the end of Roosevelt's first term, the Homeowners Loan Act provided more than 1 million loans, totaling $3 billion. Jesus Christ. That's so much money. The Glass-Steagall Act provided a federal guarantee of all bank deposits under $5,000, separated commercial and investment banking, and strengthened the Federal Reserve's ability to stabilize the economy. Like, this is like when you go into any bank or credit union, and they're like, FDIC insured. Like, this is where it started. They're like, Mm -hmm. your money is here. Your money is guaranteed. We will give you money. Like, if you deposit... There's It's higher than $5,000, and I forget what it is. But, like, if you deposit $10,000 in this bank, like, you can, we will guarantee you that it will be here when you come back
0: for it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is, like, something that I can't believe we didn't have
1: beforehand. No, people were just, like, sticking their money in banks and being, like, "Mm, fingers crossed. Hold this. (laughs) Hold my beer. And my money. Hold my
2: beer, please. I'll be right back. Like, what? What? Absolutely not. Crazy.
1: In addition, Roosevelt took the nation off the gold standard, devalued the dollar, and ordered the Federal Reserve System to ease credit. Other important laws passed during the 100 days included the Agricultural Adjustment Act, the nation's first system of agricultural price and production supports. Yes, cuz there was no food. We have to have food. We've have to have food. We've to That's have what they don't tell to you. Is, we bread. have to make bread. Right, to get the people mm-hmm. out of the breadlines. lines. Mm-hmm. There was also the National Industrial Recovery Act. It was the first major attempt to plan and regulate the economy. And the Tennessee Valley Authority Act, which was the first direct government involvement in energy production. Like, hand in every pot, honey. Yes, take control. Show yes. me. Use your power. Take
2: control. Take the reins. Put me yes. over. Take control. We yes. Are, there's dust everywhere. Yes, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I know not everything ended up being great, but I will always respect him for coming and him being like, pow, 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 Here's a legislation, there's a legislation. Let's go, everybody, let's get going. Yeah. So all that to say, the reason why uh, we spend so much time on Roosevelt is because, like we said before, he really set the standard of these 100 days that, um, that now we, have this concept that we hold presidents to, which is what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. in your 100 days? Yeah. And nobody has ever come close to FDR, obviously. No, but that dude set a standard. Yeah, he set a standard. But the first person that I'm gonna talk about who also did a lot, who I think is probably, I would say the closest person to doing as much as FDR did, was his predecessor, Harry S. Truman. And this is not surprising because obviously Harry S. Truman inherits the presidency. We're in World War II, right? We're tra- he's trying to end a world war. There's a lot going on post war. So all of these notes are coming from you guessed it, the
1: Truman Library, which I've been to. I know. As we all know. I'm so I'm so jealous. You've been to so many more like libraries and museums than I have. It's this situ- issue I I am a nerd. I simply am not going to the right places when I am on vacation. You're not going to New York's hottest
2: club, which is the Truman Library. (laughs) (laughs) So, quote: President Truman's first 100 days in office were a whirlwind of activity, including the end of the war in Europe, planning for the post-war world with other world leaders gathering at Potsdam, the successful testing of the first atomic bomb. The establishment of the United Nations and planning for the end of the war in the Pacific—no small feat for a man who had only met with President Roosevelt twice during his 82 days as Vice President and didn't even know about the existence of the bomb. Oh, so
1: that's a rude awakening. You're now
2: president. Guess I know. what?
1: We have a lethal weapon.
2: We have a we have a bomb, and he's like, "Whoa, yeah, you guys, you let's bet. drop it twice." In addition to overseeing and planning the ending of a two-front war and planning the peace, Truman also issued 52 executive orders, delivered 10 proclamations, and held 14 press conferences, and received one honorary degree. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's amazing. This is all from the Truman Library, so it's it's very celebratory. Yes. But I wanted to add one final note, which is on Truman's 116th day as president. So this is, you know, a little after. On August 6th, the U.S. dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Then on Nagasaki, three days later, Japan surrendered on August 14th. So this is something that I think, like, and eventually we will obviously cover world, World War II. But the war ended at two different times. You know, like, we ended with Europe. And then we had to finish in the Pacific. So that actually happened months later. So World War II did not end with defeating Germany. It actually fully ended with the surrender of Japan. So, yeah. So that's Truman's 100 days Mm. is basically ending the war twice, dropping two atomic bombs, an honorary degree. Okay. So small. What an underachiever. So small. Underachiever. But yeah, in context of, like, who's doing a ton, I think Truman is probably the next, yeah, I don't want to say productive, but, like, as far as events, a lot happened in the 100 days. Oh, yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. During Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
2: So the next person I'm going to talk about after him is JFK, and his was I couldn't find a ton about his 100 days because it all focused on this one event that really started him off on a bad note. Oh. Um, because he ordered during his 100 days uh, the ill-fated Bay of Pigs invasion. Uh huh. This was 87 days into his presidency. And at this time, the U.S. was locked in the Cold War with the USSR. So Bay of Pigs, bungled invasion, went very poorly for U.S. And it started JFK off on a rough note. Mm. Rough note. Also on a rough note. It, during his first 100 days, saw that's when the Soviets launched the first human into space. So this is when the space race oh, right. really begins.
1: He was big on the space race. He was
2: huge. I mean, he loved you know, space we obviously race. ended up going to the moon and ended up getting to the moon before the Russians or before the Soviets at this point. But the space race, everybody was freaked out that the Russians were going to get there first. We were behind. We were behind in his first 100 days. They got, they got to the outside before we did before anybody. Yep. So that's JFK. And then last I just wanted to get I mean he didn't do a ton but <laughs> Gerald Ford in September of 1974, barely 1 month into his presidency, barely 1 month, Gerald Ford gave Richard Nixon a full pardon for his involvement in the Watergate scandal that led to his resignation. So Eventually, we'll have an episode on Watergate and all of the nuts oh my and bolts God. surrounding that because I love crime. Yep. The reason why Gerald Ford ended up becoming president is because obviously Nixon said, I am not a crook, and then resigned. So wasn't impeached, but would have been probably. So Gerald Ford became president. And then one of the first things he does is he gives Nixon, who is so clearly guilty. Yes. Like the, the tapes, again, the Nixon tapes. Uh, what was that? We did the Supreme Court. We did
1: the, the we did the episode on it, and I forget what her name was. It was like a. It was a Southern like Mary Beth. Oh, his secretary. Ma- his secretary, who like, who's like, I was I was stretching to answer the phone, and then the picture is her like with like basically like spread eagle across <laughs> like the length of the desk, where she somehow is supposed to like answer the phone and delete the message, and you're like, all right, I smell a right, lie honey. in this room.
2: I smell a lie, yeah. So Nixon, as guilty as could be, Gerald Ford comes in and he's like, you know what? I pardon you for your crimes Mm -hmm. and your sins. So widespread condemnation of Ford's decision to pardon his predecessor is thought to have contributed to his failure to win the 1976 election. Yes, because
1: people want people, like the wrongdoers, to be held accountable and that man let one go. Like,
2: I mean, we had it on the tapes, yep. Gerald. On the tapes. Like, if we didn't have the tapes and it was like, this just looks really, really bad, that would be one thing. Yes. But we had, I mean, he was guilty of sin, mm-hmm. you know? So, he deserved repercussions. Yes. He committed
0: a crime
2: as commander-in-chief. And Gerald Ford said, because you were the president, I'm going to pardon you. And I think established a bad precedent of not holding commanders and chiefs uh, accountable. Yeah. So those were a couple of folks that I wanted to focus on, leading us up to kind of what I would consider our more modern day presidencies. So yeah. Do you want to start us off
1: with Ronald, Ronald Reagan? So in the modern day, we're going to talk about Ronald Reagan. Trump, only because Trump's list of the things that he was going to do in the first 100 days was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. And then, like, there I found an article that was really fun that was like, did this happen? No. Did this happen? Kinda. Did this happen? Mm-hmm. No. No. And then, of course, we're, we'll talk about Biden because we're coming up on his 100 days, which was, like, this the inspiration for the episode. So mm-hmm. Reagan's 100 days... In November of 1980, Ronald Reagan was elected president in a landslide over Democratic incumbent, our, oh. our the love of our lives, nobody else. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Jimmy Carter. Me. Jimmy Carter. James. I know. Oh God. They just didn't know what they had.
2: They didn't know. They didn't. We didn't. We didn't know. We didn't appreciate. They didn't appreciate. Oh my
0: God.
1: James Earl Carter Jr.
0: Hmm. Oh.
1: Americans decided that the country, driven by economic distress and international embarrassment, needed a big change and that Reagan's conservative government is the problem philosophy was worth a try. Sure. All right. I
2: mean, you know, when you talk about two people being vastly opposite, we've got we've got it with Carter and Reagan. Yes.
1: So Carter and Trump are the only people who could be further apart. For sure. For sure. In his first 100 days, Reagan made moves to establish his small government bona fides, signing a major budget cut package, pushing for executive branch cost reductions, and pledging to shrink the federal workforce. Yeah, because that's where you're going to save money. I mean, like, yes, you will save money, but like, that's where you're going to cut the biggest part of the budget is the Fed. Like, okay. In February 1981, he sent to Congress what some political scientists called some of the most sweeping revisions of budget and tax policy ever attempted, the cornerstones of his plan were an across-the-board tax cut and an effort to reduce the size and growth of the federal government. Reagan had argued for years that the government was getting too powerful and intrusive. This was his chance to convert his rhetoric into action, and that's what he did. And that's all coming from U.S. News and Vox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did. He did do what he was going to do. Like, he did do what he, he did. said, whether that was a good yeah. thing, whether the consequences of that were good. That's neither here nor there. Right. Like, homeboy came in and was like, let's cut it. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. Reagan used his first 100 days very effectively to undermine his adversaries in Congress, according to Princeton historian Julian Salazar, who says, quote, the president used the bully pulpit to overcome opposition among House Democrats, building support for the cuts. He gave a speech on television urging citizens to write their legislators and tell them to support the cuts. House Democrats, the now sole base for the party in Washington, joined in once they saw public pressure. In fact, they pushed for tax cuts on their own, which were rolled into the bill. By the end of the bidding process, Reagan could claim victory on Capitol Hill, and his key legislation had drawn the support of his opposition. So not only did he win by just, like, winning his own party, the Democrats were also like, mm-hmm. Okay, we see the writing okay, on the wall. Okay, we we'll Welcome yeah, to Yates on Skate Tax Cuts. We feel pressured, okay. The other major thing that happened in his first 100 days was also that he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not, it is not, I'm not laughing that Reagan got shot. No. I don't obviously believe in violence of any kind, but the way you just approached that, <laughs> you were, I thought we were about to go into like, Also, he, you know, established, like, a farming program, or he did this, or whatever. And then you're just like, also, um, he got shot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... He got shot. That's sad. That's sad. Uh, He he, okay. He, Reagan, did get shot. Yep. Did not have much bearing on his success of the first 100 days. But it is, according to Vox, one of the crazier things to happen in the first few months of a presidency. Obviously, yes. they haven't looked at Washington's track record. That motherfucker was crazy. He sure, was what's crazier, so getting
2: shot or a Bill of Rights?
1: <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> one feels very Tuesday afternoon vibe, and one feels very Saturday night vibe. And <laughs> I just was. Was
2: Reagan the one that the, assa- the uh, assassin, I should say, the attempted assassin, shot him or shot at him because of Jodie Foster?
1: I think that is right. I think that's right. Yes. Which
2: adds another layer to the story. Absolutely insane. What did Jodie Foster ever do to
1: you? Nothing. She's amazing. The assassination attempt also solidified Reagan's reputation among his supporters for wit and calm in the face of crisis. As he was wheeled into the operating room, he joked to the surgeons, quote, Please tell me you're Republicans. Close quote. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> Please tell me you're Republicans. Please. The attempt on his life by a disturbed publicity seeker on March 30th, a little bit more than two months into his administration, was when the shooting happened. John Hinckley's bullets were fired from a small crowd as Reagan was leaving a Washington hotel after a speech. And it nearly killed, uh, the assassination attempt nearly killed the 70-year-old president. But Reagan survived and in the process demonstrated grit, bravery, and a sense of humor, which, as Americans, we love. We love we love like we love a good joke. We love a shot to health story. Yeah. We love a sense of humor. Look,
2: I don't want any president ever to get assassinated. That is obviously, regardless of ideology, Mm -mm. that's not it's never it's always a I'm
1: very weary about wishing death and sickness on people. I just feel like morally it's questionable. It's
2: not it's not what we want. We don't want anybody to die. We don't want anybody to be ill. We just want accountability, I think, is what people want. Yes. And that is never in the way of physical harm
1: no no period hot take (laughs) period hot take so and then what also helped reagan in his first 100 days was that was his powerful communication skills he i don't know if you know this lizzie he was a former actor of actor performer an artist an artist um a multi-hyphenate if there ever was one really a triple threat yeah yeah he was a former actor in movies and television, and he was able to appeal directly to the public through frequent speeches and televised addresses from the Oval Office. He could command a camera. Mm-hmm. And Americans quickly came to like him, even if many disagreed with his policies. They were like, I like that dude. I like what him. he said is bad shit, but I kind of yeah. like that dude. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah.
2: So let's talk about Trump's 100 days. Mm. And this is coming from NPR and Vox. So Trump's defenders argue that the presidency has a steep learning curve, especially for someone who has never held office before. True. Mm -hmm. But when the best defense of your first 100 days is that maybe you learned enough that the next 100 days won't be as bad, it's a pretty good sign you're at the back of the pack. This is an article from Vox going in. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's like there's... I understand the argument for an appeal of a non-politician type of person and, you mm-hmm. know, pulling somebody who doesn't have the background of a politician because of distrust. Totally hear that. But yep. on the same t- – at the same time,
1: it's – You get you, what you get and you get can't you get, get upset.
2: Get. You know, if there if there is truly no foundation for how the government works – civics education, really – There's going to be a lot of missteps and a lot of um, a steep. There is a steep learning curve for
1: sure. Because you're like, what is that agency? What do they do? What do they do? Can I do this? Can they do that? Yeah. Yeah. How do we find somebody to run that department? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Trump said, "Quote: What follows is my 100-day action plan to make America great again." It is a contract between myself and the American voter and begins with restoring honesty, accountability, and change to Washington. Therefore, on the first day of my term of office, my administration will immediately pursue the following six measures to clean up the corruption and special interest collusion in Washington, D.C. So here are some of the things that he promised at the top for his first 100 days, and they run the gamut of categories. So the first one he promised was to propose a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. So that did not happen. We do not have term limits on members of Congress. We've done an episode on congressional term limits. So please go Mm -hmm. and listen to that if you're curious to learn what that would be like, what that looks like, etc, etc. But That was something he promised that did not happen. Another thing is a hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce federal workforce through, ooh, attrition. Wow. That's exempting military, public safety, and public health federal employees, so anybody but those folks. Yep. And he did sign a presidential memorandum ordering a federal hiring freeze that exempted military personnel and positions necessary for national security, But on April 12th, the administration lifted the
1: freeze. So did, but then didn't. Did, but then didn't, both within the 100 days.
2: Yes. Another thing that he promised was a requirement that for every new federal regulation, two existing regulations must be eliminated. So what ended up happening is on January 30th, Trump signed an executive order that says just that. The directive exempted regulations related to military, national security, and foreign affairs. Sure. Rolling back regulations has long been a goal of the Republican and Democratic administrations. So he did end up doing that. Yep. And then another thing he promised was to announce uh, the withdrawal from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So on January 23rd, Trump did sign a presidential memorandum directing the U.S. trade representative to pull the United States out of the trade deal. Quote saying, I hereby direct you to withdraw the United States as a signatory to the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the TPP, to permanently withdraw the United States from TPP negotiations and to begin pursuing, wherever possible, bilateral trade negotiations to promote American industry, protect American workers, and raise American wages— But as NPR's Brian Naylor has reported, leaving TPP was largely symbolic since Congress has never actually ratified the Obama administration-backed deal. So this was... It's
0: tricky. He's
2: a tricky tricky. little
1: bugger. He's tricky. He's like, I'm going to withdraw from this thing. And I guess technically he signaled that he did, except we were never in it to begin with. We were never in it. We were never in it to begin with. Okay. Tricky. Tricky little man. Yeah.
2: I mean, I remember... I remember TPP being like a big deal, like them withdrawing from it. And then, yeah. And then it felt like everybody realized wait, we were never really in it. But there was yeah. this theme across uh the entire like pre- presidency, Trump presidency is pulling us out of deals that he yeah. deemed to be not beneficial to the United States. Whether you agreed with him on that is neither here nor there, but that was kind of a. I would call one yeah. of the cornerstones yes. of his presidency, even beyond the 100 days.
1: Yes. Agreed. So then he said that he was going to cancel every unconstitutional executive action, at memorandum, or order issued by President Obama. What playground bullshit? Well, it's also
2: a very, like, broad thing.
1: Right. Like, everything?
2: Yeah. Really? But also, okay. it's, it's interesting because... It's not the president's job to declare something unconstitutional. No. It's the Supreme Court's job. So it's this weird,
1: like, this isn't your job. Right. Are you saying that he's usurping power? I can't, I just cannot believe that Trump would do that.
2: Yeah. Well, my thing is, like, if you would have phrased it as, like, roll back every executive memorandum and order issued by President Obama, that's to me, like, okay, great. You understand, like, you can do that. Biden has rolled back Trump things. Trump rolled back Mm -hmm. uh, Obama things. You know, that's a pretty normal thing to do. But you can't declare
1: something unconstitutional. That's not your job. That's not your job. That's not something you can do. So an executive order, this is uh, still from NPR, an executive order is legally binding as long as it doesn't violate existing law. It is also publicly recorded in the Federal Register. Presidential memos, while presidents have treated them as interchangeable with orders, do not have to be published in the Federal Register. An executive action is more of a catch-all term that is not legally significant on its own, so he doesn't even really know what he's talking about. Trump, at the time, had not laid out all of the orders, memos, and actions he considered unconstitutional, so it was hard for people to say how much progress he had made. On March 27, within his first 100 days, Trump revoked three of Obama's executive orders— relating to federal contractors, which included protections for women and LGBT workers. So fuck us. (laughs)
2: Exactly right. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. And then he said he was going to end, this is the last one for Trump, and I, okay, he said he was going to end illegal immigration fully, (laughs) and the End Illegal Immigration Act fully. Funds the construction of a wall, we remember, mm-hmm. and our southern border with the full understanding that the country of Mexico will be reimbursing the United States for the full cost of such yeah. a wall. Well, we yeah. have no way to, like, enforce that. Send you the bill. Me? Send, invoice. Send, just invoice. Send them the invoice. <laughs> QuickBooks is great. Have you heard? The act also established a two-year mandatory minimum federal prison sentence for for illegally reentering the United States after a previous deportation and a five-year mandatory minimum for illegally reentering for those with felony convictions, multiple misdemeanor convictions, or two or more prior deportations. It also reformed visa rules to enhance penalties for overstaying and to ensure jobs are offered to American workers first. So that's what he wanted to do. At the time, no bill with the name had been introduced to Congress. President Trump's first budget proposal included a request for $2.6 billion to begin construction of a wall on the southern border. But Congress obviously was not willing to spend money on that project that was expected to cost upwards of $20 billion. The White House pressed congressional Republicans at the time to include some funding for the wall and a spending bill that would keep the government open past April 28th. What was absolutely clear was that Mexico was not going to foot the bill for the wall. <laughs> and the Mexican president, Enrique Peña Nieto, said his country, says his country, quote, absolutely will not pay, close quote, for the wall. So absolutely he was not. like, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. So,
2: and absolutely no. has not. No. That never no. happened. And,
1: and update, the wall is like. The wall became then, we're like filling in sections of gaps in the wall. Like the yes. wall, as he talked about it, has not been built. There were it's already room pieces of wall there. It is a room divider.
2: We have room dividers. And yeah, it's, um, I obviously have feelings about the wall. Uh, that would take 45 minutes. I could talk, I could talk, talk about it. But the thing that was always crazy to me was this... Like, Mexico is never going to pay for the wall and never will. It was, we paid for it. And I think that's insane. Insane. I'm all for like looking at immigration reform and how we can, you know, make the process like just bring it up to 2021, people. I mean, like, it's, we spend so much time and effort on parts of quote immigration reform that, do nothing to reform the actual system of immigration. That it's just, yeah, this was, this was always bananas to me. And um, I am glad that it only was able to become a room divider. Yes. So that was a little bit of Trump's 100 days. Obviously, more things happened than we highlighted. But again, we're just touching on different elements of it. And so now let's talk about Biden's 100 days, since that marker is coming up. And the whole reason we're doing yep. this episode so what he's done so far uh, or not done so far in his 100 days. So this is coming from 538's politics chat with Sarah Frostenson, Julia Azari, Perry Bacon
1: Jr., and Jeffrey Skelly. And it's so a lot of the like, there's a, a question posed, what has Biden done? And there are various quotes. So these quotes are from, from this uh, transcript of this podcast.
2: Much of his first 100 days has focused on getting Americans relief and trying to stimulate the economy through a 1.9 trillion COVID-19 aid package, in addition to ramping up vaccination efforts. Biden has also shown that he's willing to push for big, ambitious proposals that show just how far left the Democratic Party moved during the Donald Trump presidency. Yep. But what actually has he done? So it, the $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill passed. It was massive and more than twice the size of the stimulus bill passed in Barack Obama's early days amidst the Great Recession of 2009. The federal government's distribution of COVID-19 vaccines at such an accelerated pace and moving to expand eligibility as quickly as it has is probably the most important thing any president has done since George W. Bush's actions in the aftermath of 9-11. I mean, yeah, yeah, in both instances, you have a massive tragedy, and it requires immediate response, regardless of if you agree with the response or not. I mean, I know people obviously have very strong opinions about how Bush handled 9-11, and people have very strong opinions about how Biden responded to COVID upon becoming president. Yep. So far... Only seven laws have been enacted according to GovTrack, which would certainly be on the smaller end of things historically. Many presidents have signed 10 or more laws in their first 100 days. It's interesting because I'm like, that is small. But then I think about the, the COVID bill, which is huge. So it's, it's all kind of like relative on what you, you know. Of yeah. How you look at it, of course, the complication here is that law oh, <laughs> laws have been getting bigger over time, so pure count doesn't tell the whole story. So, I'm finger on the pulse.
1: I'm sorry, look at you, look finger at you, finger on the
2: pulse. Well, yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he hasn't done 10 bills, but also, co- the night the but like the code bill bill was like gigantic,
1: yeah. yeah, it was ginormous. Yeah. Biden has been far more active than his immediate predecessors at undoing past action. So, so far, Biden has issued 40 executive orders, 19 of those revoke prior orders. At this point, Trump had issued 23 executive orders, seven of them had revoked prior orders. Obama, 19 at this point, seven revoked prior orders. Bush, 11, and five revoked prior orders. So like, yeah, like half of his executive orders have revoked prior action. And then, you know, if that means that like dreamers get to stay in this country, that's amazing. Bless up. Um, the number of non-symbolic Biden actions early in his term has exceeded the 100-day total for all predecessors except FDR. So like, yeah. So he is he's been doing a lot. Yeah. And it's interesting, like doing like doing like, doing, like a look back at 100 days, but like knowing what happened to FDR and then afterwards, and then, right. like, looking at Biden's 100 days and being like wonder what's gonna happen
2: i wonder what's going to happen yeah i mean i think his 100 days will always be defined by covid response oh yeah, i think absolutely others i mean there's just like you know roosevelt's was defined by the great depression it's like you you know yeah there was a definitely a response and i think the vaccinations has like the ramp up of vaccinations has obviously been great, and just getting it organized and on track, and hopefully yeah. by you know the next like his two hundred day marker, people are vaccinated. You know the majorities of Americans are vaccinated. Everybody is eligible, I think, as of now. So, yeah. like except ch- except like children. except children. Sorry, sixteen and up. I yeah. think generally is uh, for the vac- current vaccinations um, that are available. If you're 16 and older in this country, you are eligible to get your vaccination. So I will just say, please get vaccinated. We are doing an episode very soon on the FDA and vaccination. So if you want to have more information about that, stay tuned for our. It'll is it our next episode? I don't know how it's the next episode. Check her out. Our next episode is coming out. So a little little teaser there, but. I wanted to wrap up this episode on 100 days with just, like, the shortest of fun facts. Um, it's not even, like, fun facts, but I saw this Hill article by Jane Hampton Cook, who, <laughs> like, listed out the presidents who had, like, the the worst 100 days for various reasons. Oh, my God, that's reasons. the list I want to know about. That is absolutely so, the list I want to see. It's hilarious. It's, well, I just pulled a couple. Uh, some we've already talked about and some we haven't. So the first one... JFK has considered one of the worst 100 days simply because of Bay of Pigs and how poorly that went. The next worst 100 days is Lincoln, because before he was inaugurated, seven states had seceded from the union. And after he was inaugurated, far more seceded. So it's like,
1: he became president. Nobody likes
2: me. Nobody likes me. And then people are seceding. It's no good. Mm-mm. The next worst, and this is, I'm not saying these in order of like actual worstness. This is just a list that I compiled. So the next one is Ronald Reagan because he was, <laughs>
1: holy shot. That <laughs> would suck. I mean, at any point in your administration, but certainly within the first 100 days, yeah. it's like, dude, Hinkley, give me a sec. No good. All right.
0: No good. What no do you good? want?
2: And then finally, the person who I think had the worst, presidential 100 days this is number one in my book is william henry harrison because he
1: fully died (laughs) Uh, yeah that bites and die in office in your first 100 days man you spend all that time getting elected and then you're like uh i gotta go with god now i gotta go with god he died because
2: he caught pneumonia Because he was out in the cold for too long at his own inauguration.
1: (laughs) Oh, a sensitive boy. Henry. William Henry Harrison. Fully died. Fully, fully
2: died. So, as died. I, I think everybody has their own opinions, especially about our modern presidents, about who had a bad first 100 days. Nobody has yet to beat William Henry Harrison. <laughs> Who straight up died. <laughs> Who straight up died. And Who this, was, up this died. was like a month. Like this wasn't on day 99. This was very early into his presidency that he died. Poor so that's the end of my fun facts. And that is the end of our presidential 100 days
1: episode. Yes.
2: I mean, wow. Wow. Yep. I'm curious to see how the... Uh, History remembers Biden's 100 days. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But in the meantime, we obviously love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.